Welcome to Oscar Poker with Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com, Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com, and Eric Anderson from AwardsWatch.com. Journeys in America will take at the wheel. Again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, um, Sasha, can you just uh, lead off? Because I think that we, it's good, and this is what uh, makes a good discussion to uh, vent, uh, you know, powerful feelings of disappointment, anger. You know, just just let it, let it out, man. That's that's what we all are here for, and I, I respect your conviction. So, please uh, start off with your big complaints about what happened this morning with the Oscar nomination. To Jeff, he's such a good journalist. Like, he's always, you always impress me, Jeff, because you've been in this, a journalist for like decades and you always know the right questions to ask to draw your subject out. I see the game you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're trying to do. You can't fool me. No, um. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, you're, you're, you're not somebody who's just idly sitting at a bus stop saying what they don't, you know, you know your stuff. So let's just have, you know, what's, what's the yeah. problem? What's the bit main beef? The, well, the Martian, okay. right? No, Ridley no, Scott, no, no, no. Right? That is by far the main beef. I mean, Ridley Scott did get a nomination because he's a producer on The Martian. I never, as I've told you a million times, I would love to have seen it be the winner, but I, I knew it was too, it was never going to be serious enough for them. You know, it's just not yeah. considered a movie with quote-unquote gravitas, which we can translate as white people in peril. Usually white men in peril, but in this case, there are a lot of women. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I think the Carol shutout is embarrassing. The Idris Elba shutout is embarrassing. The fact that the Straight Outta Compton only got one nomination for the two white writers on the film, um, that's embarrassing. And the only retribution here is that Chris Rock is going to wipe up the floor with them, and that's going to be something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that was a very calculated uh, choice to have him on. Yeah, you think they saw this coming? Because it, it wouldn't have mattered because if it had been a total whitewash, he's going to be, you know, great for it. And if there had been, you know, Creed and Compton and Beasts, you know, then that gives him good material too. So regardless of what the outcome was going to be today, picking him, I mean, was the right decision for what they're looking for. No, I think that we should really uh, be honest, though, about the, you know, because giving into the politically correct racial profiling, which is what um, the first, one of the first reactions, it's too white. <clears throat> but Straight Out of Compton is a very well done, solid film. But it's basically one of those movies in which this happens, and then that happens, and then this happens. It doesn't really have a symphonic, uh, artful effect. It's just a very well told 
story of a group and what happened to them and so on. I, so I, for the, to not get a best picture is not some racial snub. It's a, you know, they just didn't, I thought it was good. I'm sure everybody, nobody put, put that movie down, but it's not good enough. And I, why did can't you it think just be? That, did you think that Room was good enough? To get a Best Picture and a Best Director nomination? My own personal opinion, absolutely not. Okay. I did. So, so did I. I thought it was fine. But, well, I'll tell you something that, yes, it is. it, it really is embarrassing for them because um, I'll leave Beasts of No Nation out of it for a minute because you can't really say Kerry Fukunaga is a, uh, is a black filmmaker. He's half Japanese um, but the and half white, I guess. But, um, uh, yeah, to have a year like this where you have Ryan Coogler, F. Gary Gray making films that are, um, you know, Straight Outta Compton made $160 million and Creed made $100 million. And so you have you have uh, black filmmakers coming up, uh, in pro- you know, to prominence in Hollywood and, and sort of doing what people have always said they needed to do is to step up and to make a movie that's critically acclaimed and uh, makes a lot of money and, you know, is in the kind of in the conversation and... Um, they both got SAG Ensemble nominations, or actually Beasts and Straight Outta Compton did. Creed didn't really. Yeah. It, it's just embarrassing that when Hollywood comes to honor them, they honor only the white participants. I mean, it's. I'm sorry, but it is. It's embarrassing. I I, I wouldn't have probably picked. I wouldn't have picked Straight Outta Compton as one of my top five fa- favorite films of the year, and it's really that top five ballot that kills it because. If you look at the producers' guild, they have ten slots, yeah. and so they're more free to put down. They don't have to just go with their. If you're going with top five, you're going to see what sixty-ish middle-aged straight white guys like, and that's it. And I, I think it's great that they liked Room in Brooklyn, and Mad Max. You know, good for them. But you're still talking about a tiny, a smaller and shrinking portion of, you know, just general consciousness. I don't think that uh, Creed really had the artistic chops to be considered a, as a major, uh, distinctive, uh, original, striking film that, rec- you know, that demands, uh, you know, a celebration as a best picture. It was a very well done and had l- more heart than any of the other uh, nominees. And I think it's better than Compton, though. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give Com- you that. Compton's good, but it's so amazingly generic. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it made 166 million dollars because it it was able to to grab uh, everybody because it wasn't too black and it wasn't too white. Mm-hmm. It was Mariah Carey basically. Yeah, yeah. And and is Idris Elba getting shut out of the supporting actor category? How do you explain that one away? That was really tough um, because you're always now looking at who the person is going to be that hits all the precursors and misses, and he was the one, mm, mm, mm. which does make it worse. Way worse. You're right. He even got BAFTA, for God's sakes. And then and then we can talk about Carol, which, again, just shows that, like, no gays allowed. I mean, it's, that, it's, that was rough for me because that's my number one movie of the year. Yeah. Did you think, I mean, I really thought for a while there that it had a chance with BAFTA, you know, showing it up with Todd Haynes. That's the first time actually since BAFTA changed its voting that a film has that gotten a Best Director and a Best Picture nomination at BAFTA and then been, been shut out. Well, I gotta it, was, be, uh, it was the nomination leader at the Globes and BAFTA. And it got six today but missed out on the top two. Yeah, so that shows you that really it, it always kind of comes back to the directors who are sort of the, the, the guiding forces of the Academy. And um, 
but yeah, oh, it missed out on. It wasn't named these steak eaters who like the revenant. That's my favorite movie. Um, they didn't. <laughs> Sasha, you've put, been saying all along from way back that Todd Haynes doesn't make the kind of films that quote unquote they seem to really like, and and this is just basically the same thing that. You know, you predicted. I mean, it's not a, it's not a surprise. Is it's it? not the thing I predicted. It's the thing I feared. I didn't predict Todd Haynes, but I predicted um, Carol. I mean, I thought that they. There so did I. There wasn't a way that that they would that that it wouldn't get in, and I actually did think it would be um, in the top five. I thought that that's what would drive it. That it would get a lot of number ones, you know, instead of. And then we have eight piddly nominations. It's like God, you can't even just extend it to nine, you know. If you had ten, yeah, but at least it wasn't seven. That's true. Or five to seven, which I just, I just, I just don't see a scenario in which that's ever going to happen. Right, or ten. Ten will I, never happen either. I will always pick eight or nine. Always. Yeah, eight or so nine, and it should be ten. And they they should get over themselves and put ten slots down. I think that they're going to get so much shit for these nominations that they're going to change it. I, I bet you that happens because people are going to be pissed off when they see how this thing. They, they got close. I think they just. I think that the 2009, 2010 years when they had just a solid ten was the best in the last decade. I know, and and you say that, but it, but the Academy members whined and complained because they it's only been lazy to figure out which films are good enough for to make ten, and that was really deplor- deplorable that they indulged that laziness. Um, yes. By by agreeing with them and going along with it, it's really not that hard. All you got to do is sit down and think about it for twenty minutes, and you, or ten minutes, really. So I'm very I'm very disappointed. I think you're absolutely right, Eric. That those were good years, and that should be they should go back to ten. But you know they probably won't. As we know. Is somebody tapping on their keyboard? I'm sorry, me again. I'm sorry. I, I, really, I really apologize. Okay. All right. So Fine. how how about this? How about we talk about the yeah. really good stuff? Okay. You want to do that? I know there's a lot of things that that we hate, but there's some really great things in here. We have Charlotte Rampling. Yes, that's okay. great. That I was mean, really the best moment of the entire morning. For yeah, me. we can Rampling celebrate made. that. And for the second year in a row, the critics pushed her in because remember they did that with last year with Marianne Cotillard. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of things that kind of followed a, a few of those paths, and and it was and it was cool. Lots of fun little trivia, too. But a lot of it's Revenant related. Oh <laughs> Can I just say, can we just acknowledge that, listen, what historically happens when a film has been given 12 nominations? What does that usually mean in terms of its best picture prospect? I'll let Eric answer that before I t- uh, say the negatives. You could say the positives. Well, I mean, that sort of puts it into Titanic territory because it did miss out on screenplay. Um, and it does kind of put it in like the historical epic uh, category. So right now... If I was Spotlighter, the big short, I would be really, really worried. Yeah. Really worried. Yep. I think you're correct in your assessment. What do you think, Sasha? <laughs> well, I wouldn't be worried because I, well, yeah, I mean, okay. So you want to, you want to have the, you know, the chest thumpers are going to love this, the Revenant because it is sort of like, you know, everything that sort of the white man crisis is about right now. And I totally understand that. And, uh, <laughs> and it is a brilliant movie. It, it's What's a brilliant the white man crisis right now. Please tell me. What's the white man? Well, crisis? for one thing, they're dying faster than any other minority group. Secondly, oh, you're, no, you're talking about working class, middle class guys who feel I'm talking like- about macho dudes who rule in the academy. This is like their movie. This is like an anthem to them. 
Okay. Because it's like, look, I was the I, look, and I love the Revenant. I'm not saying I don't. I'm I'm a little bit angry about it this morning, only because God, there were other movies this year. But um, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, obviously they love the movie. They put it in everything. It's even in costume design. It's like bear fur. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah, that was a that was a surprise. I, I I went with, you know, Crimson Peak and a couple of other period things and so getting in there was was kind of surprise. So I'm wondering how it you know it even missed screenplay when it was clearly, you know, well, that's obsessed the, over. Exactly. And therein lies the problem. We're not talking about Jim Cameron, who's always criticized by his writing. We're talking about the guy who just won screenplay. And for him I not know. to get nominated is a big deal. To get not nominated for a screen, even though there's not a lot of dialogue in the movie, granted. But, you know, still, to shut out in a retu. I'm not going to go around saying that I think that it's not going to win, despite the stats. Because, as you know... No director has ever won um, back-to-back Best Picture and Best Director. The only two directors who have won Best Director, that was uh, John Ford and Mankiewicz, and they both won their second Oscar when it also won Best Picture. So that's all about Eve and How Green Was My Valley. Mm-hmm. And I'm not seeing uh, Inuritu. Inuritu is the first director since David Lean to get nominated after winning for his immediate follow-up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think that I think that actually hurts the movie. It doesn't help the movie. On the other hand, there is an excitement to be had about the fact that um, that he's Mexican and that it would be the second year in a row for a Mexican. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge history wise. Like that's just a really big let's, thing. Let's also talk about the what this opens up, which is that people are going to be thinking what you're thinking, what we're all thinking and maybe thinking about a split and the quite uh, joyful uh, possibility that George Miller could maybe step in. What do you think about that, guys? Any thoughts? Uh, I, th- I think it's possible because M- Max almost went toe to toe with the Revenant. Uh, yeah, with, uh, with... How many nominations? Ten, was it? Yeah, because it didn't get any acting. Right. So that was impressive, and I'm overjoyed that that, that happened after the BAFTA snubs. Yeah. That's Super happy. Yeah, wonderful thing for George Miller. Won't that be great? I would love that. You know, I mean, Alejandro is fine. He'll be, you know, but George Miller winning Best Director would be a really delightful thing in my book. I, could, I agree. I could definitely see that happening. Um, but I sort of feel like it was always going to be a matchup between those two movies coming in to be like the dominant in the tech category. And I sort of feel like The Revenant took over this morning um, from Mad Max a little bit, took its thunder. Um, especially without Ridley Scott and directing. So you don't have The Martian and Mad Max anymore. Now you have The Revenant and Mad Max, and The Revenant is winning that fight. Mad Max would have won against The Martian, but Revenant is coming in and sort of, you know, um, dick and ballsing its way through. And it's going to end up um, probably winning, like, every tech. And it might win director. It might. He might make history. I'm not saying he won't. I'm not going to fight this whole The Revenant's going to win things. It's too exhausting. But I think at the end of the day, they're going to pick... a film that that really jazzes them from a, from a nuts and bolts writing directing and I don't think I think the revenant fails in the writing category and I think that hurts it. I think you're um, I think you're have a point. I, I think even people that are quite taken with the entirety and the sweep and the realism and the immersion, they even they won't tell you that it's a great screenplay. Right. Because what is the screenplay? It's like a matter of interpretation. It's sort of a it's a, it's kind of a Terence Malicky thing. Yeah. And, you know, it might go down as, as a film that should have won the Oscar. This might be another 1976, you know, where we have All the President's Men, which is Spotlight. We yeah. have Network, which is the big short. 
Um, and we have, well, I don't know what you would put as the Revenant. There, that wasn't an epic that year, but um, mm -hmm. so you're looking for your Rocky, maybe. <laughs> Rocky <laughs> and we actually have Rocky this year. <laughs> but, you know, for the, for the first time in this conversation, which is 12 minutes old, Sasha was the first one to mention what had been unquestionably the the leading uh, uh, contender for and the most likely can, uh, winner of Best Picture all these all these months, uh, really since the last September, and that's Spotlight. And all of a sudden, as of last weekend, and now today. It's on the ropes and maybe even in trouble, probably in trouble. What do you think about that? Where did it, that came about within a, a six-day period, starting with the uh, $39 million box office uh, that was phenomenal. I didn't see that coming at all. The Golden Globe uh, win of Best Picture Drama, Best Director, and Best Actor, and that was a huge thing. And now this morning's 12 nominations. I mean, what poor spotlight. All of a sudden, it's an, it's like... Oh my goodness! Can it be saved? Is it over? I mean, that's what I'm thinking, and I and I say that as a person who loves and feels such affection for that film. But I like it, it, but I'll be happy if it loses to the Revenant. <laughs> I absolutely he likes will. the Revenant, and that's, that's <laughs> I love the Revenant. I think it's a total masterpiece. Therein lies it. the problem: is that you have a visionary film up against a pretty non-visionary film. I mean, Spotlight, you can say a lot about it, but visionary is not one of the words that leaps to mind. That's so right. so you have Spotlight and you have two visionary, at least, in my opinion, Big Short and Revenant or two, and Mad Max, my God, that's like... Mm -hmm. So you have these really dazzling, amazing... And, and in a weird sort of way, that actually kind of helps Spotlight because it does make it sort of the odd man out of these... that the, All those other directors might pull votes and um, the, the generic people in the Academy might go for um, Spotlight. But the thing that worries me about Spotlight, because me and Eric, I'm a, I'm a stat girl, and the fact yeah. that it missed an ace nom and that it missed... Oh, that was the beginning right there. And then the directing nom at the BAFTA was bad. Yeah. Like that, that's... I mean, and it's overcomable, but it's it's not a good sign, you know? Yeah. I was actually thinking that McCarthy was could have missed out this morning. Yeah, me too. I, I, I kind what of felt like it would be Ridley Scott. I felt sort of I even sort of Oh, I didn't it. see that coming. That was a really big shock. Yeah, I did because Lenny, And that missed editing too. I think that it was Lenny Abramson that pushed out Ridley. Do you guys <clears throat> Yeah, he Ben Zeitland his way in this morning, which was <laughs> awesome. Well, they got like the same nominations as Beasts. Oh yeah. Usually it um yeah. The interesting thing is usually it um, one director misses, and so I predicted the five from the DGA because I couldn't. Really, I did too. I couldn't really face what I knew was going to happen, which was Ridley was going to get bumped. I didn't think it was going to be Lenny Abramson, though. I can I can I can tell you that. I thought it might be Todd Haynes. Um, I thought it, you know there were some people I thought it might be, but um, but I would never ever in a million years have put Lenny in there. I just didn't think Room was that strong. Mm. I'm so glad that it was. Yeah. But then poor Jacob Tremblay kind of suffered for it. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, yeah. And it's funny. Look, at after all of the hemming and hawing that everybody's done about category fraud and lead and supporting, look what happened. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. It went right for it Rudy Mara right and they went for Alicia Vikander. But I don't know that Alicia Vikander yeah. was absolutely category fraud. I think, I think you can easily argue that since – I don't care what anybody says. The Danish girl does not refer to her. It refers primarily to Eddie's character. So she's 
No, I totally disagree. I do too. 100%. It's from her perspective. She's the center of the movie. The whole she thing is, is the center her. of it. It's ridiculous. And anyway, that's going to mess up that category because, um, you know, just quickly, do you guys think that there's a chance that Charlotte Rampling can actually win this thing? And beat no. Larson? No. No. I'm just going to shut that right down. <laughs> Who's going to win then? Absolutely. Free Larson. It's not even. It's of not course. even close. No, I know she's going to win. I have her too because director. It's not even close. Screenplay. They obviously like the movie. They're going to pick her. She's going to win the SAG. There's no question. Yep. Well, yep. this was the funny thing about this category when I saw a lot of the pundits, you know, putting. Uh, Vikander up there and like rampling out and you look at that list and how young that skewed there was no way that was going to happen mm-hmm. right, right. the oldest person would have been Kate Blanchett and she's only in her 40s everybody else is under 30 yeah. it's, there was, it was impossible for, for that category to skew that young with all the nominees yeah. so can, can I, talk- I felt that rampling was a pretty easy call yeah, that's a good call. It's easy to say that now. Well, she not. Uh, <laughs> you could have uh, gotten been wrong, and then what? But would did you the say? SAG people not uh, blow her off? Yeah, she didn't. She didn't get anything. Yeah. She, she came in with zero precursors. So did Tom Hardy. And yeah. there's always a four or five. Like there's always four. Usually, at the minimum, four misses from SAG. But as Eric pointed out, this this time was really big difference. Yeah, this the this was as we all saw a total anomalous year for SAG. Uh, Helen Mirren became the first person ever in the 20-year history of SAG to get two individual nominations in the film category and not have one of them translate to the Oscars. Didn't she get three because of, tr- of the cast nomination? Yeah. I know, I said, but two, she had two individuals. Right, right, but still three altogether. That's yeah. why I thought there's no way she could. And plus, I'm sorry, I love Spotlight, but Rachel McAdams is like a robot in that part. So I didn't, <laughs> think, she, I didn't think she would get in that role as a nomination. <laughs> they nominated on, the wrong really? robot is what you're saying? I'm saying like, <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, seriously, that's an Oscar nomination performance? Really? It's not. I mean, come on, give me a break. But she didn't. Uh, she didn't do have any big emotional breakdown scenes. You're saying? Not no, really. she talks. But like I'll, a robot. I'll take her over Helen Mirren and Trumbo any day of the week. Well, that's what most people are saying. And Trumbo is is a catastrophe. It's. Not, I hate that movie so much. It's so bad. It took me a really long time to finally see it because I and I was I just can't believe it got all these nominations. I'm just. Why can't it just it. be a, a nice, modestly made HBO level? This happened and that happened type of movie, and just why does it have to be hated? I mean, I, I'm not. <laughs> it's I hate it because I I it's a whole huge batch of lies and nobody looks anything like who they're supposed to be. What are the lies exactly <laughs> regarding Edward G. Robinson or regarding one of the No, more more how heroic they made Dalton Trumbo Trumbo. Okay. Just a little bit. Right. I it's it's I, I don't think they presented uh and and pre- how he presented what communism is to his daughter was like silly spoon fed. It was just it was ridiculous. It was it was basic to the point of being insulting, and oh. I just didn't give a shit about it. And that scene in the bathtub where he tells his daughter he's writing. I just wanted to like I, I just hated that scene. I hate I hate how the the only thing writers can come up with is poor little daughter isn't getting enough attention from daddy. It's like it's always that. You know? And that's not even a bad thing as as a as a, a plot device at all. It's just bad when it's that dumb. 
it and didn't poorly written. Me. Yeah, and even my daughter was like so excited to sit down and watch it because she's all into the McCarthy hearings and uh -huh. uh, the blacklisting. And we were both like, oh, wow, so this is going to be great. It's going to be about the Hollywood 10. Uh, no, it's not about the Hollywood 10. It's about weird <laughs> Trumbo's life and this and that and boring, boring, boring. And it would have been great for me if it had been about him standing up to the government. That's what I thought it was going to be, and, and McCarthy and all that. Like, they just skip right over that. And they're like, well, no, that's not interesting. Let's talk about him in a bathtub not letting her, his daughter in on her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah. what about I, Quentin Tarantino and Aaron I, Sorkin? I know. Aaron Sorkin and Quentin Tarantino, that's shocking. And Why is that shocking? Did you really think, as you came out of that screening that I attended with you of, uh, of Hateful Eight, that this was something that he would almost certainly prevail in terms of a Best Screenplay nomination well, for that can, awful third act? He thought he was getting a nomination. It's not even a third act. There's only two real acts in the movie, but I'm, I'm pretty happy that he was snubbed. He um, he had just been quoted yesterday saying something like, you know, I'm going to get nominated for screenplay and they'll be talking about this movie, yeah. you know, many years from now. It's like, yeah, but not dude. in a good way. I know. I, I just don't think it's he's gotten the memo yet. And, and why should he? You know, there's so many critics who just, you know, in, kind of enable and, and give him a soft landing. He's got enough of those fans to to uh, he'll never have to face really what that movie is and what it isn't. And um, so he'll just be able to sort of live in comfort of it was too violent. So people didn't like it, but there were a lot more problems than that. I think uh, Eric, you're I, completely correct about the acts, by the way, I just wanted to say the reason I said third, yeah. because I've had it in my head that basically the first two thirds prior to the intermission is, is one part, which I was more or less okay with, not delighted with, but okay with it. And then the, the last third is what I couldn't stand. And I, I see that as the, in my head as a third act, but it's right. You're right. It is the second act. It's a two act piece. So I agree with you. I, I think the, I think the whole second half is, is pretty garbagey. Um, I mean, I'm glad Jennifer Jason Lee finally in her 30 plus year career has a nomination. I am so, so happy for that. Mm -hmm. Even if it's for this, <laughs> even if she had to get her teeth knocked out and a couple of black eyes and get hung. I mean, she spends the whole second half <laughs> of the movie covered in blood and brains. It's just—it's so crazy what is she, that what she's does a girl here. Have to do? <laughs> yeah, but you're right, though. Good for her, and it's so sad that the way it is. But this is the way it is. So. But it happens all the time like that. <laughs> and Rachel McAdams, I feel the same way about. Like she's had so many great parts and so many great moments, and then. She does everything. She does nothing for a part. Absolutely nothing. She puts mm -hmm. no flourish on it at all. She gives a worried look here or there. That's Except for Mean Girls. I think that's still the best thing she's ever done. Yeah, she's great in that. No, she's, I really like her. I feel like she's somebody that Hollywood doesn't know what to do with yet. You know, She's one of those actresses. And you see them all the time, these great actresses who are so versatile and, and they just quite don't quite get the same... Um, I don't think that she is, that Hollywood doesn't know what to do with her. I mean, I thought she was delightful. You're going to find this an outlier opinion, but I'm not just delightful in, in, the wedding, in The Wedding Crashers, but that film in which she played, uh, was it called Morning Glory with um, Harrison Ford? I thought she was wonderfully spirited, and she had that whole perky, determined-to-make-it-happen thing. I mean, not a lot of layers to that kind of thing, but she, she excels at that if she wants she is actually good in that. I thought you agree. <laughs> now that she's getting, you know, older and she's playing, I thought that the um, the, the spotlight performance was um, uh, on point and it never wavered, but it didn't have a lot of range. So I'm kind of surprised too that she wound up with a um, 
I don't think it's a bad call. I just kind of a little curious. I, I was kind of scratching my head, but I was saying, okay, you know. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I like to also think that Jennifer Jason Lee got nominated in a way for uh, her her performance in uh, her voice performance in Animalisa, which was by far the more winning uh, performance in my book. And definitely, no, I'm sure it, I'm sure it helped somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say that I did pretty, other than a couple of last minute swaps that were tragic, I, um, <laughs> which I shouldn't have done. I would have gotten a hundred percent in the doc shorts category if I hadn't made a last minute swap, but goodness, but I got four out of five on that. I did really well in all the short categories. Cause for the first time, like I actually tried to watch them all. Oh, I didn't even do it this year. I was like, I can't, I'm too stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch them, it makes a huge difference. Huge. Yes. Yes. You know? So I was happy about that. It's like the one tiny little thing I was happy. I about. do before the, sh- before the show for the winter predictions, I watch all that, but. Mm. Yeah. So, well, I think that, um, I, I will say to the end that the uh, best, uh, original score was, uh, Ryuki Sakamoto's and, uh, uh, Alvin Noto's uh, score for The Revenant, and that was uh, disqualified because of a curious uh, distinction that they make. You can't have, you can only have one composer. Uh, no, you can have two. You just can't have uh, the additional music by. The compositions have to be completely by those people. Right, right. There, 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 there can't be the additional music thing. God, what if it had gotten eligible for score? It would have gotten nominated. And then if it had gotten oh, yeah. screenplay, it would have been 14 nominations. Yep. And then we really would be in Titanic territory. Yeah. Mm. But but the screenplay thing, I think, hurts it because, you know, if he's a writer, director. It's sort of a, you know. I don't think it does, but. I know you don't. And, and I'm going to just let you barrel on down the road on that. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I could do to convince you otherwise until the shit comes down. Plus, don't forget, Revenant doesn't have any, um, didn't have a SAG ensemble. I know it was an off year and everything. It's also a December release. And it's so a December if it wins, release. we're looking at, you know, a big streak broken. But every film sort of has one big thing against it like that. And that's why it's a weird year. And, and you're right that anything could win. So I'm not even going to say I don't think the Revenant's going to win. I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to let it be whatever it is. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, it's, I mean, I think right now in the moment that it is, but obviously, you know, we need DGA and SAG to, to do that too. Do you guys want to make any immediate predictions though? Like in the acting categories? Well, Leo's got it. I think yes. finally. Yes, got it. I, th- I think we've got three locks and one category that is really up in the air. Um, supporting actors, you mean? Or- yes. <laughs> yeah, because Sylvester Stallone is absolutely winning. <laughs> I hope he does. I hope the whole didn't think Ryan Coogler thing, cat, you know, d- does him any sort of damage. Well, he said that he did. That he just got played to commercial, but I'm sure he'll yeah. make up for that. Uh, at the at the Oscars, it, good for him. Well, that that is such a sweet thing and and such a nice thing. I'm sure that Ryan Coogler's happy about that. Like, who would have ever thought in his wildest dreams that he would write this movie and that he would get Sylvester Stallone that that Oscar nomination? Oh, I think it's tremendous. I think I think it's amazing. I'm I'm super happy that that this is happening for him. But uh, but yeah, supporting actress, especially with Winslet's weird win at the Globes, which feels very Meryl Streep. Um, I, I'm really curious to see. If oh, I don't even she, know, honestly. If she runs with it. Uh, 
Yeah, no screenplay nomination for Steve Jobs. I'm not sure, but um, I'm pretty happy about that too. That's I think crazy. It's, I think the supporting actress is probably going to be Alicia Vikander, don't you? I would go I, with that one. Yeah, I think it's going to be too. I mean, there's only one uh, woman in this category that has a Best Picture correlation, but that doesn't really matter here. Not uh, in this case. I mean, it would. I would be like on the floor if that happened. But I have to stop ragging on it. I've, I've done all my ragging. I won't do it anymore. But I did have to have my say that like I love the movie and everything. But she's definitely. I've watched it like fifteen times by now, and she's the part I dread the most. Every line reading. But I will say, um, Alicia Vikander was, you know, she did seem like she was coming in as a double nominee. There was that question of whether she could win in supporting, yeah. um, and. In with Ex Machina, you know, and Ann Thompson was like, it's way too indie for them. They'll never go for it. And she was right. They didn't, and they put her in. But she, it's an unfair advantage she has over the others. Now, I will say that the fact that Carol was shut out might cause big enough outcry to tip it in Rooney Mara's favor. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious about that, too, because I I think it it is only between Rooney Mara and Alicia Vikander. Um I mean, based on screen time alone, that's just, it just makes sense. But yeah, they each have things going against them. Everybody in this category does, except almost weirdly Rachel McAdams, but her as a winner here would be hilariously awful. It would be funny though, wouldn't it? I would just die laughing if they did that, but, and they might, you never know. They might. It could end up being like screenplay and McAdams, which would be crazy. Or Ruffalo, you know, no, he won't be. No, that's, No. God. I don't know. I don't know. Remember, we all thought Bill Murray. It's like, you just never know how these things go. Or Eddie Murphy and all that. You know, it's like, sometimes they like to take down the icon, you know. (laughs) They do. They really do. Sometimes they do. But, um, Jeff, are you still there? I'm still here. Well, what do you, Jeff, what do you think about the supporting actors category? Is there anyone that is close to a front runner, or do we need to wait for BAFTA and SAG? I feel that there's, you know, um, <clears throat> that they're going to want to uh, do the um, candor, most likely, uh, for best supporting actress. And I can't, uh, I don't, I just don't see it. Any chance of it being Jennifer Jason Lee? I don't think Rachel McAdams is going to happen, and the Winslet maybe. I guess uh, it's one of those two. I guess, um, but I kind of feel that um, uh, Vikander is kind of the, the the fresher face and the kind of the, the, the buoyant discovery of the year and everything. So you know, maybe her. That's what I'm thinking. It's so. a, it's weird because it's a lead role. You know, like it's just the strangest thing. It's a lead role in a supporting category. So how do you bet against that? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, I it's, know that just seven days ago, if we had sat down and, and done a thing like this, and, and and one of us had said, "Well, here's what's going to happen," despite the apparent front runner status of Spotlight, this whole thing is going to blow up in the next seven days, and it's going to be <laughs> revenant, 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 revenant. And my reaction would be, uh, "I don't know about that. Are you sure? Where, where are you getting your information? Where's this hunch coming from?" And I just know the whole thing just flopped right over in the last seven days. And that's pretty shocking to me. I've never, I, 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 I didn't feel like it was shocking at all. Like, I no, no. I don't think anybody was surprised that it, 
that because that in Mad reason, Max had the most nominations. And the thing about the Revenant is that they have the Fox is putting all of its might and has been since the beginning. Uh, Martian had no campaign really; it was just accidental nominee, pretty much. They did some advertising in the last second, but this has been all about the Revenant, and it is going forward. They have all the like top Oscar people on it. It cost yep. a shitload of money, and its budget is going to be its biggest hurdle to overcome, and that is something that has never been overcome in the history of the Oscars, yeah. if it didn't make as much as it cost. That's never been overcome. I don't think... Yeah, it's going to be at $100 million like in a week and a half. By the time the Oscars are around, it's going to be massive. Yeah, yeah that's true. It got a B-plus cinema score. That's another thing. You don't get B-pluses and win Best Picture usually, so... Um, um, I, even Chicago got an A minus. You know, it's like. Can I, uh, can I, do I understand, Eric, that you're saying that you didn't find anything about the sudden turnabout for the Revenant surprising? Did you anticipate on your own? Be honest now. Of course, I, I did. I, I anticipated after uh, Ace that that Spotlight was in trouble. That the Big Short was moving ahead of it, uh, but neither was going to be strong enough for. A behemoth if the revenant was a was a big film but it needed to and this is before the box office it needed to have the box office to match it yeah and, and now it does and oh. well that's you don't know what the cost is yet some people are saying 100 some people are saying 150 some people are saying closer to 200 so i'm i just i don't see that as a factor though but in all the history of the oscars no best picture has ever come in in fact that hurt like the insider the only film that's come close was The Departed, which made slightly more than it cost, and, and The Hurt Locker, which made slightly more than it cost. But um, but no film has ever lost money in one Best Picture. Never. It's never I happened. don't think it's going to lose money. And it's going into IMAX theaters next week, too. Oh, neat. That's yep. cool. That you know, I'd, li- I'd really like to see that. I- I'd forgotten about that. That's right. IMAX. Oh, I would love to see that. Yeah. That would be great. I have to admit, that would be great. I, I can't go back and watch it again, though, unless somebody gives me an edit without all those animal deaths. There's no way I'm going to watch him shoot a fucking horse again. I'm just not going to watch it. You know, that was one of the most blatantly CG-looking moments yes. in the entire film. I but agree. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a problem for me. But it got that nomination, too. Of course yeah. it did. You know, this is like, you always talk about OCP, what do you say that word? Oh, bowing to, you know, you bow to an epic and they always do. Remember, obsequious, um, obsequious. obsequious. Um, remember, uh, Benjamin Button got 13 nominations heading into mm-hmm. the Oscars um, and it was beaten by Slumdog Millionaire, uh, which swept. And won I'd like to movie. ask you both a question. Please be plain, straight, and honest. Are you ever going to watch Benjamin Button again for the rest of your lives? I have no, watched well, it. I hated times it. Because, I hated that film. I well, couldn't stand it. I'm just saying, 13 nominations. Hello. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? 13. It beat The Revenant by one. All right? So all right. remember that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it's a movie everybody loves just because the guys like it. You know, there are other people to consider. It's not necessarily a slam dunk for the revenants. All I'm saying, it's got a couple of major strikes against it. That was a guy thing pushing along Benjamin Button because it was trying to do, and, and some people's mind did do the same kind of thing that Forrest Gump did. Right. Is that what you're saying? Um, I Forrest think Gump that when you good. have multiple nominations on a film, it, it's, it's the Academy saying yeah. we're impressed with this production we're impressed on every level we're impressed with the acting the costumes the way it looks the production value the cinematography the editing 
we love this production. We're impressed. But that doesn't translate to I liked the movie best. It doesn't. It never has. It does occasionally match up, like Titanic, for instance, or Schindler's List or something like that. But it's not always a guarantee that just because it has the most nominations, it's going to be the most liked, especially without a a screenplay, which, which is another strike against it. I'm afraid I have to go down to the federal building in West Los Angeles to get my passport. Oh, where are you uh, going? Oh, you're going to, pra- to Prague or? Uh, we're, uh, my mother, in a sense, uh, has paid for a Vietnam trip that we're going to do in March. Me and Jet oh, and his girlfriend. Right. Wow. And, uh, and I'm going to have um, actually some, uh, uh, I mean, I, I, it's going to be wonderful. Uh, but uh, basically, it paid for the whole thing. It was just kind of a. It, we decided that my mother, because she left us last June, was kind of paying for this in a way. So it's it's her gift to us. So we're just gonna drink to her and think about her. Just for one day